0: Chapter 18 of Our Army at the Front. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Our Army at the Front by Haywood Brune. Chapter 18 A Civilian Visitor. Destiny Always Plays the Flying Wedge there is always this significant little happening half noticed or miscalculated which trails great happenings after it on march nineteenth nineteen eighteen a derby hat appeared in the front-line trenches held by the american army in france this promptly was accorded the honour by the army and the allied representatives of being the first derby hat that had ever been seen in a trench the hat had the honour to be on the head of the first american secretary of war who had ever been in europe in his term of office and this first american secretary of war away from home was presently to have the honor of helping to create the first generalissimo who had ever commanded an army of twenty-six allies all of which is to say that newton d baker on a tour of inspection of the a e f whose visit was to have such terrific fruition repudiated the war councils which would have kept him out of the trenches on this gusty march day and went down to see for himself and all the americans at home how the doughboy was faring and what could be done for him and as he peered over the parapet into no man's land secretary baker said i am standing on the frontier of freedom the phrase grew its wings in the saying and by nightfall it had found the farthest doughboy the Paris newspapers announced on the morning of March 12th that Secretary Baker was in France. The troops had it by noon, and questions flew in swarms. It was discovered that he would review the brigade of veterans who had returned from service at the front on March 20th, and that meanwhile he would investigate the lines of communication. After a few days in Paris, during which Secretary Baker delivered all the persuasions he had brought from president wilson on behalf of a unified command of the allied armies and had it was rumored turned the scale in favor of a generalissimo the distinguished civilian went to the coast to see the port city which was the pride of the army and the marvel of france the secretary rode to the coast on a french train but once there he was transferred to an american train which had to make up in sentimental importance the large lack it had of elegance a flat car was rapidly rigged up with plank benches this had the merit of affording plenty of view and after all that was what the secretary had come for after rolling over the main arteries of the two hundred miles of terminal trackage secretary baker inspected the warehouses assembling plants camps etc and walked three mortal miles of dock front which his countrymen had evolved from an oozing marsh he paid his highest compliments to the engineers and the laborers and amazed the officers by the acuteness of his questions if his visit did nothing else it convinced the men on the job that the man back home knew what the obstacles were secretary baker's next visit was to the biggest of the aviation fields where again his technical understanding as it came out in his questions astounded and cheered the men who were doing the building secretary baker carried his office with him a delightful discovery to the men in the aviation fields who had some problems sorely pressing for decision and who found when they told them to mr baker that he had no aversion to taking action on the spot for example at aviation headquarters mr baker asked if the flyers who came first from america were the first to have their commissions after the final flights in france he learned that because of some delay in giving final instruction through no fault of the aviators these first commissions had not been given mr baker instituted a full inquiry at once and at the end of it directed that the commissions when finally awarded should bear a date one day in advance of all others so that the priority rightfully earned should not be lost after hours in the field during which hundreds of machines with american pilots flew in squadron formation and many experts did spectacular single flights mr baker made a short speech to the flyers a french officer who had been instructing at the field said to mr baker with all these machines in the air you see no more than a tenth of what america has in this one school you will soon have no more need of french instruction we have shown everything we know and your young men have taken to the art with astonishing facility as well as audacity nerve and resource the danger and difficulties fascinate and inspire them i think it must be what you call the sporting spirit as he was leaving the aviation field secretary baker said the spirit of every man in this camp seems in keeping with the mission which brought him to france the camps appointments and organization are admirable it is gratifying to learn from their french instructors that our young aviators are proving themselves daring cool and skillful on the night of march eighteenth secretary baker began his preparations for a visit to the trenches with a general commanding a division and one other officer he motored to the farthest point where he dined and stayed the night in a french chateau at dawn the next morning the party made ready to go on but the boches appeared to have a hunch they shelled the road on which secretary baker had planned to travel with such ferocity that the officers in command refused to take the risk of permitting mr baker to go over it the american general and all the french officers then begged mr baker to give up the trip to the trenches they wasted a lot of persuasion mr baker just went by another road a colonel of about mr baker's build had loaned him a trench overcoat and some rubber boots and the secretary had a tin helmet and a gas mask but he would wear the tin helmet only for a moment and the mask not at all the officers in charge of the party found presently to their acute horror that even the trenches were not enough for mr baker nothing would do him but a listening post and when he had finally got back safe and had come back to the communication trenches from the front everyone breathed a sigh of relief the relief was premature for the liveliest danger of all was on the return motor trip when an immense shell buried itself in a crater not fifty yards from the secretary fortunately the debris flew all in the opposite direction and nobody was hurt the first division heard an address the following day from secretary baker it would seem more fit he said and i should much prefer it if instead of addressing you i should listen to your experiences your division has the distinction of being the first to arrive in france may every man in your ranks aim to make the first division the first in accomplishment with you came a body of the marines those well-disciplined ship-shaped soldiers of the navy yours was the first experience in being billeted and in all the initial details of adjusting yourselves to new and strange conditions in this as in developing a system of training you were the pioneers blazing the way while succeeding contingents could profit by your mistakes day after day and week after week you had to continue the hard drudgery of instruction which is necessary to proficiency in modern war you had to restrain your impatience to go into the trenches under general pershing's wise demand for that thoroughness the value of which you now appreciate as result of actual service in the trenches if sometimes the discipline seemed wearing you now know you would have paid for its absence with your lives if i had any advice to give it is to strike hard and shoot straight and i would warn you at the same time against any carelessness any surrendering to curiosity which would make you a mark needlessly the better you are trained the more valuable is your life to your country as a fighter who seeks to make the soldier of the enemy rather than yourself pay the supreme price of war on every hand i am told that you are prepared to fight to the end and i see this spirit in your faces depend upon us at home to stand by you in a spirit worthy of you next secretary baker spoke though informally to the forty-second division far better known as the rainbow division there he explained some of the reasons for military secrecy while it was in training at home i saw a good deal of the rainbow division he said then one day it was gone to france where it disappeared behind the curtain of military secrecy which must be drawn unless we choose to sacrifice the lives of our men for the sake of publicity. The enemy's elaborate intelligence system seeks at any cost to learn the strength, the preparedness, and the character of our troops. Our own intelligence service assures us that the knowledge of our army in France which some assume to exist does not in fact exist. If we were to announce the identity of each unit that comes to France, then we would fully inform the enemy of the number and nature of our forces published details about any division are most useful to expert military intelligence officers in determining the state of the division's preparedness and the probable assignment of the division to any section but now it is safe to mention certain divisions which were first to arrive in france and have already been in the line this includes the rainbow division famous because it is representative of all parts of the united states this division should find in its character an inspiration to esprit de corps and general excellence it should be conscious of its mission as a symbol of national unity the men of ohio i know as ohioans and i am proud that they have been worthy of ohio a citizen of another state will find himself equally at home in some other group and the gage of this state's pride will be the discipline of that group of soldiers its conduct as men its courage and its skill in the trenches you may learn more than war in france you may learn lessons from france whose unity and courage have been a bulwark against that sinister force whose character you are learning in the trenches the frenchman is first of all a frenchman which stimulates rather than weakens his pride in brittany as a breton in lorraine as a Lorrainer and his loyalty and affection for his own town or village or home in truth he fights for his family and his home when he fights for france and civilization thus you will fight best and serve best by being first an american with no diminution of your loyalty to your state and your community with us at home the development of a new national unity seems a vague process compared to the concrete process you are undergoing you are uniting north east south and west in action we aim to support you with all our resources to make sure that you do not fight in vain the brigade of the veterans was reviewed on the last day of the camp inspection secretary baker went by motor with officers and aides as far as the foot of the hill from which he was to review the troops deploying in the marne valley twenty days of rain had made the hilltop inaccessible by motor as secretary baker started up one slope general pershing and his aides ascended another and the two men met at the top the brigade swept by at company front with full marching equipment they were the first brigade to be reviewed after it had been in action and they held to their flawless formation chins up and chests out in spite of clogging mud that was almost too much for the mules The review ended in compliments all around. Secretary Baker's enthusiasm was conveyed even to the lesser officers. General Pershing said, These men have been there and know what it is. You can tell that by the way they throw out their chests as they swing by. America at last had her veterans. They were to dignify the coming gift of them to heroic size. End of chapter 18